Good morning, everyone. It is great to see you all. Now, while there was nobody in the room, I behaved myself and I stayed still and I would look straight into the camera. But see, today I can play up the camera people and I can walk around because there's people over here. Hello. And then I can very quickly run over here and play people up. However, that would not be fair to anybody. It's great to see you and it's great to know that you're with us at home as well. I want to thank just everybody for these last two weeks for their uh, kind support and love they've shown to Muriel and Claire and the, the, the family. Um, it's been an emotional time and Friday was emotional um, but uh, a fresh revelation of what it means to say when someone passes away that they are in a better place. Amen. Amen. As I said in my midweek update, it's time to start thinking about moving forward. We can't just think about the here and now, guidelines, what we can and can't do, the very real concern over the second wave. It's not that these things are not important. They are. But we can become too fixed, too focused. I had to watch myself just how much I watched the news channel as they went on a 30-minute cycle, and I needed to stop. We need to strike a balance, hold attention, recognizing where we are now and being sensitive to where we all are. I've spoken to many of you, and over the last six to seven months, we've all been in different places, responding um, to what's been going on in our own way. But we need to strike a balance between recognising that and moving forward. So this morning, or I hope this is on, this morning I want to cover some known ground. It's been a while since we've talked about some of these things. Um, so some of it you'll know, most of it you'll know, and maybe some of it you'll see in a different light. But let's just look at a timeline. Is this on? Can you put my first slide on? So we're trying something new. We're trying slides. So 2019, it was the SCF weekend away. And we talked to you about this vision wheel as it's been come to be known. We then went into a time of corporate prayer. Do you remember that? September, October, into November. Not only Sunday evenings, but Sunday mornings we gave over to us praying together as a church. Christmas came, and try as we must, things stop, and the focus changes. January, and we went on a few days away as a leadership team, and as we just prayed into all the things that had come out of the prayer on how God had spoken. February, we had the impact week. Gosh, the energy leading up to that that went into making that happen. That whole week, and the rest afterwards at the end of February. And then March, lockdown. I can remember now that Monday evening hearing what was being said and getting straight on the phone to Anna Cave and, and Dave Shaw as I think we were having a WhatsApp video call even then as we needed to make changes. And over the, and over the last six months, our focus has been on keeping the church family together. 
And that was something every one of us took a responsibility in, making sure people who wanted to be were connected in. Finding ways of doing meetings, keeping Sunday mornings going. Gosh, we had to learn so much in changing restrictions and guidelines. Each and every one of us have been affected by the, the lockdown, the restrictions and the guidelines. And please don't think that anyone on the leadership team, including myself, haven't been impacted by what's been going on and haven't found it hard and challenging with highs and lows. But now is the time to look ahead. All I'm sharing this morning and over the next two weeks, we're going to take some time to unpack it, have come from times of prayer, discussion and discernment with Craig and David Martin has been around via Zoom, and more recently, um, he's been coming up here. He is well and recovering. Apparently, he also has a mark across his heart where, where they think another spike grazed his heart. It really is a miracle that he's here. Please do continue to pray. And we've been unpacking things with the wider leadership team. And now it's time to turn to those. I want to talk a little bit, though, about our church character. When I first came here, I've noticed that as a church, we want to do things together. It's always seemed to me that we hold in high regard the involvement of others in prayer, in seeking God's face and moving forward. It's where I think we get that family feel from. This will continue. It's not the few doing it to the many, it's all of us taking our part with our gifts and talents God has given us. This is both going to be on a corporate level as we come together in different ways and on an individual level. We are blessed to have our building. We haven't got time to go through the incredible story of our building and how we got it. And this is where a significant shift needs to come in. But it must not be a bottleneck. It must not be a bottleneck to growing in Christ and sharing the gospel and the good news. It's not about getting people to this building for a group to do something only. This building allows us to do some incredible things. I've been speaking to some church leader friends who don't have a building. And what they can't do and what they struggle to now do. We are blessed to have this. But it must not become a bottleneck as we seek to move out into the community. Both corporately and both individually. As we prayed, God clearly showed us that this was about a journey. That we were to journey on together. That he would reveal part of it as we go. And it was our responsibility to trust God and put our hand in his and journey with him. The journey is just as important as the destination. This is to see the whole picture. But God reveals it to us one step at a time as we choose to trust in him and in his leading. Next slide, please. Let's see if this will move on. There we go. Oh, no. There we go. This was one of the pictures that came out of the prayer time, that when David, Craig and I um, saw this, it echoed in our hearts. 
I saw the church and the unchurched seated around a table. Both were tasting the goodness of God. Amen. God spoke to us of the significance of sitting down and eating with someone. Meals are a powerful expression of welcome, respect, and friendship in any culture. Invite somebody into your home for a meal, and it's like you've got this connection that you didn't have before. We read in Scripture that Jesus ate with sinners and tax collectors, and it really upset the religious. It still does today. In fact, this was so outrageous to the religious that they began to doubt Jesus was even from God. Luke 5.27 tells us that Jesus calls Levi, the tax collector, and he simply says, follow me. Jesus' incredible love was so out of place and unexpected towards Levi, the tax collector, that it caused him to leave all and follow Jesus. Jesus is calling us to love sinners to such an extent that they are willing and prepared to leave all and follow Christ. Amen? Their love statement, that love statement that Jesus gave, accompanied by action, is what triggers a heart response to those who don't know Jesus. And they say, yes, I see something in you that I want. I see something in you that I need. Luke 14, 12 to 14 says this. Then he also said to him, who invited him, when you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends or brothers or relatives nor rich neighbours, lest they also invite you back and you are repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lamed, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Amen. Okay, okay, so I... I get it. Help the poor and those in need. Yes, but it's far wider than that. This just isn't the poor and the needy. These are the people society shun and the religious turn away from. The tax collectors were kept outside. They were ostracized. They were seen as traitors. Out for a fast buck. Nobody liked them. Nobody loved them. And yet Jesus ate with them. Note that it's a round table in the picture. We sit at the same level. God is calling us to lay down any sense of superiority, whether in social class or spiritual awareness. If you listen to the Ephesians chapter 2 talk that was last week, class, class structure, seeing a separation, seeing an us and them has no place when you come into the kingdom of God. Often we do things for those in need and sometimes it comes from our capability and their incapability. It's so easy to come then from a place of superiority. We are able. You are not able. Come on in. Here at the round table, there's no hierarchy in that sense. Everybody is at the same level. And when we meet people at the same level, we can metaphorically... Talk about our shared need for God's grace. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all need God's grace. 
And the more we sin, the more grace abounds for those who know him. We love to run projects. Sometimes I think SCF more than most. But nobody wants to be somebody's project. People want friendship. This is not the same as when James talks about friendship with the world is enmity with God. James is talking about a world system, the spirit of the world, the world order. No, God so loved the world. God so loved the world. The most needy, the most desolate, broken, sinful, despised person is still an image bearer and as such has intrinsic value. And that means they have something to give us, something that we can learn from, embrace, and even grow as followers of Jesus. Otherwise, they would be worthless. In short, God is calling us to allow people to belong so that they can believe and become all they are destined to be in Christ Jesus. For those of you who have been here for a while, you will recall that belong, believe, become was one of our lines. It appeared in various places. I don't quite know how we... And it's interesting, what goes around comes around. And it's still there in this picture of the table. Belonging implies an element of involvement, a commitment, a step forwards. Look at these words we had out of the prayer time. This is what somebody felt God said to them when we prayed last year. Will you let people belong before they believe? That's a challenge, isn't it? That's a challenge God is calling us to. Will you let the unchurched play a part in what you are doing? That's a challenge that God was laying down to us. And this is what I loved as well. Pray people don't belong without knowing they need to believe. Amen? Amen. To do this, I think we're going to have to become a little uncomfortable. To do this, we're going to need to open ourselves up further and allow others in. To do this, we're going to need to discern what level of spiritual food can be given throughout the journey. Carl Beach tells us that people need to hear the gospel 30 times. Somebody tell me it isn't 30, Ben. It's more than once. It's more than twice. And we need to be sensitive to where they are in that relationship and feed them spiritual food that they can eat. As I look across, I had to picture now because you're all not here. And it's not about this building, so it's not the church. As I look across and I think of our ecclesia, as we move forward, I see those who don't know Christ. I see sinners and the broken dotted amongst us, walking next to us, contributing. Contributing. Being loved and loving us. Our mission is not to sit with them and bombard them with scripture after scripture, just hoping something might land. Our mission is to love them, to see them as friends, with worth and with something to offer. That, for me at least, is a new era. What is it not? It's not a watering down of what we believe. 
It doesn't mean that we won't have crucial conversations. This is not compromise our faith. There are the right words and the right moments out of friendship for other people. Belonging does not mean joining the church. There is only one way to join God's church, and that's by acknowledging him, God, Jesus, as Savior and Lord. But belonging does mean involvement, participation. No, of course, not teaching or discipling. You know, while I've been so blessed to see those who have been coming to the community lunch week after week and who continue to come for food parcels and help put her chairs away. One last week says, next week I'll come and clear the leaves for you. That will bless me. That will bless me. They've seen something and they want to give back. They've seen something and they want to take ownership for what's being done here. That's a new era. And it's from this place that I want to come to the vision wheel this morning. It looks slightly different. Next slide, please. Oh, here we go. There we are. Oh, he's going to do it twice. Yeah, let's go back. We were never wedded to the words, but the heart behind them. And it is very much a wheel, and it goes round. And it, as you'll see, it looks slightly different, but we'll step through it this morning. So first, wholehearted adherence to the Bible. And as we do that, we develop strong and deep disciples of Jesus. Do you see the top right-hand corner? We're in the top of the wheel here. I never thought it was a wheel. It's a wheel. It looks a bit like a donut. <laughs> okay, thank you. There's lots of different ways we could talk about this, but this morning I want to talk about what God has placed on my heart with the things that I feel should be increased in a level of concentration and looking into as we develop strong and deep disciples for Jesus. You know, we've always been an active church. Some might say a busy church. When I first came here, I was told about the Heinz 57. I think you as a church had done an analysis of all the different ministries or groups, and it was either 56 or 58. I can't remember which side. And somebody commented, gosh, only Heinz had 57 varieties. It was about that we did a lot. I haven't got time to unpack. We want to be an active church, not a busy church. And in many ways, it will be easy for us to shoot off and develop all sorts of projects and programs. We talk a lot about it. Much of our church discussions, the things, I think, the things we want to start to do and the places we want to start to go, and that is good. However, what we see through the life and death of Jesus is a greater concern for one's heart rather than the things one does. Because the right heart leads to right actions. Christ must dwell in our hearts, Ephesians 3.17. We must have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16. Read Matthew 7.21-23 to where it says, Lord, Lord, didn't we believe? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? I never knew you. Look at 1 Corinthians 3 where people built upon the foundation of the gospel with wood, hay and straw. And when God came to examine it, it was burned up in the fire. When we build, we want to build with gold, silver, and precious stones. As we move forward, the inside heart, not the outside frame, will be an area that we cultivate on. 
or the area that will look to grow. We've been doing it already. It's these sorts of things when our heart is, is fashioned by Christ's. Actually, it's the oil that keeps our lamps full. Think about the parable of the ten virgins. We can do incredible things, but if our heart's wrong, our heart isn't fashioned after his. God says, I don't recognize it. The people are blessed. Those who were, had demons cast out of them were blessed. And yet God still said, I never knew you. Psalm 51 verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. We'll also spend time on the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We live in a world that says you are enough. We sing songs saying Christ is enough. We live in a world that says you are capable, you are well able. God tells us we are only competent in him. To this end, we need to remain almost at the end of ourselves. In my analogy a few weeks ago, all of me dried out. All of me dried out because it's here at that point at the end of myself that life in Christ really starts. And making him Lord of my life in a world that wants to be Lord of our own lives is something we'll talk about. Because we are bombarded by it day after day after day. Day after day after day. I've not got time, but we had two words back in the prayer meetings last autumn that came out of two separate prayer times that were almost identical, that spoke into this that spoke into this. It's not my agenda. It's God's. And actually, as we cultivate the right heart, our actions follow. We move round the wheel now. You'll see in the top right-hand corner, we come round. So wholehearted adherence to the Bible, build strong and deep disciples for Jesus. And as a result, we want to get involved in evangelism. And when we do, people will know SCF and come to us for help. I want to talk about this more in, in the coming weeks. However, Acts 1 verse 8 says this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. You can no more separate receiving power from the Holy Spirit, which many of us like, which we all enjoy. Hold on, I've lost my place. Than being a witness for Jesus. The two go hand in hand. And the witness for Jesus is out into our community out into this world, out into where the people are. And remember, the building is vitally important. It plays a role. But there is a go of the gospel, which is a going out into the community. That is corporately and that is individually. You reach and touch more people for Jesus than ever we can if we try and get everybody here to hear about him. Hopefully you'll see, you'll see it's not doing away with the building, but as a result, the way we use the building transforms as we, Solihull Christian Fellowship, are out in the community, are out in our place of influence, the place where we speak to people every day and talk about our lives. With a heart that is fashion of Jesus, it just comes out of us. Amen. Amen. Next one. Oh, hold on. I'm going to do it again, yep. Caring for those 
in need. The words are slightly different from last time. We've just trimmed them down. There were so many words. And when you care for those in need, people see Christ in us transforming lives at the bottom hand of the wheel. So as we reach out in evangelism, people come to SCF for help, and your people have already. And as a result, we meet needs. And the more needs we meet, the more, more people are around us, the more actually they see that Christ has transformed our lives. There is so much in this simple statement that speaks of the heart of God. It speaks right into the heart of the table picture. See, we have to be around people to show them that we care. We have to walk alongside them to show, us, to show them that we love. It's meeting physical, emotional and spiritual needs. It's growing activities like the community lunch that reaches out to those in need. It's creating spaces for people who are lonely to come and connect. People now more than ever want spaces to come and talk. We can't touch, but we can still connect heart to heart with people. And we want to open up the bridge and create those spaces for people just to come and talk and share and connect. It's allowing them to grieve for ones they have lost and giving them hope in Christ. It's, taught, it, it's taking the weak, the outcast, the shunned, the desolate, the poor, the people society would rather not be here and make them the most honoured guests in our house. I will share more about that in the coming weeks. Sometimes it has nothing to do with finding solutions Sometimes there are no solutions to be found outside of Christ. When somebody was looking at this, they read a book and they said, I think that they were talking to Craig and it said, Craig, it's a bit like this. And they quoted from this book. I don't know which book it is though. And it says, moving beyond the remedial approach of working for those who are oppressed towards the more intimate posture of being with them instead. Being with more important than solutions. And God is calling us to walk with people, to be there, rather than finding solutions. I'm a fix-it guy. And sometimes Claire doesn't want me to try and fix it. She just wants me to listen and to walk alongside and to say, you know, that's tough. I understand. I understand. Last slide. Again, we've just changed the word slightly, but the heart's the same. A church where the unchurched want to belong. So as we care for each other, people see Christ in us transforming lives. And actually those, those who do not know Christ say, I want to belong to that. Do you remember the belong, believe, become right at the beginning? I want to belong to that. I want to be a part of that. And as a result, SCF has a voice to share the gospel. And we come back up, the way we do it is we wholeheartedly preach the Bible. And the circle just goes on and on and on. SCF has a voice to share the gospel. And I believe that it is in the, this visibility that the unchurched, to use that word, will see a community of believers totally emptied of themselves, totally dependent upon God, with transformed lives, loving and caring for one another, that they turn around and say, I want to belong to that. And our challenge is to allow them belong, believe, 
become. John 13, 35, by this all men and women will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And as you know, you've heard us talk about it a lot last slide. We just capture that in three simple words. Care, share, grow. Care for those in need. Share the good news of the gospel and grow as disciples. Those are the three simple things. Those are our focus as we see the church and the unchurched come together, sit at the table and enjoying the goodness of God. Over these next few weeks, we'll unpack that more. And then you'll hear from other people as well. But church, it's time now to move forward in these things. Recognising where we are. Recognising that things could change. You wouldn't believe these last few weeks as things have slightly changed. So can we still do what we planned? What we planned must remain flexible. Agile. The gospel is flexible and agile as we go out into the community. Even now, even during restrictions, even during guidelines, and share the good news of Jesus. Church, shall we pray? Father, a lot of that we've heard before. Lord, but we've come back around it today, Lord Jesus, to refresh our minds, to refresh our hearts. Father, we don't want to stand still. Lord Jesus, we want to move forward in you. Lord, I pray that as we seek to do this, you would give us all discernment. Father God, you would give us all discernment on the steps to take as we move forward. Father, this is your church. Lord, and we want to be good stewards of the things that we find in our hands. Lord, today, may we find things in our hands to give away, to share with those who need, need you. Heavenly Father, guide us, grow us, stretch us, and encourage us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Church, it's been great to have you here. Thank you for tuning in at home. We look forward to seeing you next week. Bye for now. Amen.